Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future with totally new sources of information that will change the way you run your business. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie in the house. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, you want to walk, you want to drive, this is the place to be because this is where the best run. Here today with a packed house, we have a full panel and let's see what our topic is today. I have two opening buzz quotes. One is from northeastern.edu, that's Northeastern University, and one is from VentureBeat. Let me read these to you to set up the topic, then we'll have my panelists introduce themselves. So buzz number one, northeastern.edu. Combining computer science modeling, statistics, analytics, and math skills, along with sound business sense, data scientists, yep, that's our topic, data scientists uncover the answers to major questions that help organizations make objective decisions. That's the quote. It's packed with so much information, but I want you to remember the term data scientists. Here's Buzz quote number two from VentureBeat.com. Why do only 13% of data science projects, or just one out of every 10 actually make it into production. Well, they say data scientists have been around since the 1950s, longer than I think any of my panelists have been alive, I'm pretty sure. Individuals sitting in a basement working behind a terminal, that's where they used to be, not anymore. Now it's a team sport. It's essential that every person on the team is able to collaborate with everyone else, the data engineers, the data stewards, people who understand the data science or analytics, the BI specialists, all the way up to DevOps and engineering. Now you have an idea what we're talking about. Data science has become an integral part of 21st century organizations. We know that for a fact, and we're talking to a business audience all over the world, and you know what we're talking about. But setting up and successfully running a data science practice, not fully achieved by most companies. The majority of the, of the projects, as I mentioned in the quote, fail. And many of the successes are still not good enough, not accurate enough to actually be utilized. What is up with the failure rate and how can it be turned around? We've got a a horn beeping. Somebody's on the street here. We'll ask SAP's Ankit Garg. We have Reliance Geo's Naman Bayani. We have SAP's Varun Tamba and Luigi Di Rito for their take on, here's our topic today, inconceivable. That's a movie quote. Data scientists and IT on the same page. I think the answer by the end of the show will be yes. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Internet of Things with Game Changers is one of our longest running series, and we're so happy they are still with us. So Anki Garg, you're up first. Anki, welcome, and please briefly introduce yourself and tell us what's your passion for this topic. Anki. Hello. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Bonnie. And good morning, guys. Uh, My name is Ankit Garg. I'm currently working with uh, SAP Data and AI Center of Excellence primarily responsible for Asia, Pacific, and Japan. Uh, Around 15 years of experience uh, in uh, helping my customers in uh, adapting data science and applied data science use cases. I've done masters in applied data science and AI. Uh, Yep, and looking forward to a great discussion. Thank you very much, Anki. Let's see who is next around the panel. I'm going back to gallery view so we can see. Yes, we are on Zoom. I have the privilege of watching my panelists think while they speak. This is interesting. That's why I love Zoom. Let's go to Naman Bayani. Naman, welcome, and please introduce yourself to our audience. Go ahead. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's pleasant to be here. I'm Naman Bayani, uh, 
currently working at Reliance Geo as a deep learning engineer. And uh, it's my passion to build and deploy large-scale AI surveillance systems. So yes, my primarily roles uh, in my primary roles, I have been building systems around computer vision, machine learning, uh, deep learning, etc. So yeah, g- glad to be in this session. Thank you. Thank you very much. A man, a few words. We're happy to have you here, Naman. Appreciate that. We're getting somebody's got buses running in the background. It sounds like a happy place. I don't know where somebody is, but we'll do this. Varun Tamba. Tama, you're welcome. You're to be the next person up. Speak to me. Varun. Thanks, Bonnie. Uh, so, uh, so my name is Varun Tamba. I am based out of uh, Bangalore, India, so-called the Silicon Valley uh, uh, out here. So I primarily work with uh, uh, some of the strategic customers uh, of SAP and some of the uh, large firms in the subcontinent, uh, helping them with their uh, data transformation strategies, uh, primarily led by advanced analytics, IoT, uh, and machine learning to really drive business value out of technology. I've been doing this with SAP for about um, uh, you know seven and a half, eight years now, and I'm, I'm really, really uh, glad to be part of this show and share my views. Of, uh, of, of how we are seeing some of our customers bridge this gap between IT and uh, data scientists and how they are driving business value uh, and ultimately putting dollars to the you know, um, whole, whole, whole game. Thank you very much, Farron Tamba. Appreciate your being here. And by the way, you're sitting in front of an amazing train station. He's got a virtual background. We're in a high-speed train station somewhere, I'm assuming, in Europe. It's very clean and very beautiful, and it's got a big domed ceiling there. I, I think, after, well, we'll talk about Luigi's in a moment, but I think we're going to go traveling with my panelists into their virtual worlds after the show. And that brings me to Luigi Di Rito. He spells his last name D-I-R-I-T-O, and he gave me a lesson in pronunciation. Luigi! Luigi, welcome, and please introduce yes. yourself. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you very much, Bonnie. So uh, my name is Luigi Drito. I'm Italian. With this name, uh, you cannot be uh, wrong. And uh, uh, I'm based in Dubai, uh, so not according to my virtual background. Um, I'm working in, uh, in a global organization. It's called the Global Center of Excellence and in a team that is called the Data Value, which is supposed to transform data into business value. And I work especially in the Asia uh, Pacific region. Actually, I work almost, I, I, I call, uh, talk every day almost uh, with uh, uh, Ankit. And uh, um, yeah, we are helping customers to understand how to leverage our uh, business technology platform and how to, again, uh, use data to create solutions. Thank you very much. Very interesting. And Luigi, I referenced your background. You're in a beautiful, looks like a grotto. It looks like yeah. there's a, a footbridge going through a beautiful, lush garden setting. So after we take the high-speed train with Varun, we're going to go to Luigi's and we're, and then we're going to come back to Ankit's beautiful computer room. We used to call it a, it's an office with glass windows and it's just beautiful. So thank you all. Now it's time in the show where we talk about the quotes you all sent me. We're going to make this a really quick go around. So Ankit Garg sent me a quote from the movie, The Social Network, 2010. And this is a conversation between Sean Parker, played by Justin Timberlake, and Eduardo Saverin, played by Andrew Garfield. And let me just quickly say that uh, this was a movie about the beginnings of Facebook. Neither Mark Zuckerberg nor any Facebook staff were involved in the movie, which was interesting. The movie received eight nominations at the 83rd Academy Awards, and it was voted number 27 among 100 films considered the best of the 21st century 
by over 100 international film critics. I remember the movie very well. It was shocking at the time. What? Here's the quote. Um, let's see now. Sean Parker says, "Let me. I'm going to give the whole thing on, kid, if you don't mind, the whole scene. Sean sure. Parker, and I won't pretend to <clears throat> imitate Justin Timberlake. That's just a voice I couldn't possibly do. You don't even know what the thing is yet. How big it can get, how far it can go. There's no time to take your chips down. A million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? And Eduardo says, you? And Sean Parker says, a billion dollars. So the quote is, a million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. Ankit, love the quote. First time we've had that. What does it mean to our topic? Go ahead. Yes, so that's what exactly what we are trying to do with our customers. And of course, our uh, customers are also, they want to make best use of the technology itself. So if you see, there have been, it's quite a old technology and that have been, you know, people have been always trying to make best use of this. But now they, with the increase in processing power, they are trying to, you know, increase and uh, increase more and more the pie of the whole uh, whole value which they can get out of the data. So, so that is where it is because you know uh, the million dollar is not enough. It's it's a billion dollar is what which is which is actually needed, you know, and um, that is what the data science and applied data science is helping uh, customers to do, to increase to get more and more value out of the data assets using the applied data science. Yep. Thank you very much. We love the quote. I I don't think I've ever had a quote from the social network on this show, and I appreciate your selecting that one. Let's go to Naman. Naman has selected a quote from Brian Mills, portrayed by Liam Neeson in the movie Taken, a 2008 English language French action thriller film. It's also called 96 Hours, and it's called The Hostage. Very interesting show, and there's a spinoff TV show, Naman, and I watched it, and I absolutely loved it. I didn't know that it was taken from the movie in Clive Standen, who is quite a quite an interesting actor, played Brian Mills in Taken. Here is the line: "I will find you and I will kill you." Naman, I hope I did that okay. Naman, what does that yeah. have to do with our topic? Go ahead. That is amazing. Like uh, the reason why I chose this quote is because it's very relevant in our age when we have a lot of cameras around us, where there are uh, extensive AI and surveillance systems around us, and uh, so, you know, it has a big impact in our life. And uh, for example, if I say that there are cameras around traffic lights and if a, if a person knows that he's being watched, his car is being watched, you know, so he will think about it 10 times before violating to any traffic rules. So, yeah, I like to quote this in terms of a policeman that, you know, or an AI, uh, AI surveillance uh, network that, okay, I will find the violator. And I will, you know, send him to the police. So in that context, I thought that that's an interesting quote. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you, in the context of talking about trying to get a handshake between data scientists yes. and IT, yeah. do you think one of them is saying to the other, <laughs> if you don't play ball, if you don't help us make this project come to life, come to fruition, <laughs> I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you. Do you think it works there too, Naman? <laughs> uh well, maybe, maybe not. Like, uh, of course, IT plays a big role uh, to enable these projects. But yeah, I was thinking in terms of the IoT-based uh, networks. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. I just had to go there. I thought that was fun. Fascinating quote. Thank you very much. Let's go to Varen. Varen has sent us a quote from Julius Caesar. Oh, my goodness. After fighting a series of campaigns against the Gauls, who are modern-day France, Switzerland, and Belgium, Caesar amassed a fortune from his sale of slaves and was looking to Rome to make him consul, the highest honor of honors in the Roman hierarchy of offices. But it was complicated. Here's the quote. 
I would rather, I can't do a Julius Caesar accent. I have no idea what he sounded like. I, has anybody played Julius Caesar in a movie? Maybe recently? I can do it. I can, I can say, I can speak in Italian. <laughs> okay, Luigi, you want to, you want to do the quote? Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> the quote is, I would rather be first in a little Iberian village than second in Rome. Okay, Varen, you're up. Talk to me. How did you pick this for our topic today, Varen? <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, when, when, I, when I saw the, um, uh, you know, biography uh, of uh, Julius Caesar, uh, this really hit me as, as a very powerful statement as I was growing up. And today, if I see uh, data scientists and IT as uh, two fundamental pillars in an organization, data scientists always want to be those pioneers who want to do, uh, uh, you know, things which has not been done before. And they always want to be, uh, you know, the first, uh, uh, you know, innovators, uh, so as to say. Whereas IT is more about finding repetitive solutions, solutions that don't fail. Uh, and, you know, can be, uh, uh, you know, something that can be replicated and, and can be put a process around. So this constant, uh, uh, you know, battle between trying to be the first versus mm -hmm. trying to be, uh, you know, a repeater who, who gets things, uh, you know, into a well-oiled machine, I think is, is a real worry. And, and here, unlike the age of Julius Caesar, it is not only about being, uh, uh, you know, first. You also need to have, uh, you know, that well-oiled machine in place so that being first still adds a lot of value. Thank you very much. Inter very interesting quote. I don't think we've ever had a Julius Caesar quote, so I appreciate it. Not a movie or a song, but very interesting. Luigi has picked a quote. Uh, it's actually from the TV series Doctor Who, the 11 Rings of Akhaten speech. No, 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 no. You're wrong. Um, and, I, and I read about it. It's a reference to the Tears in the Rain monologue in Blade Runner. Ah, yes. Okay. Yes, I got that. So Blade Runner was a 1982 sci-fi neo-noir film, one of the earliest movies to ever be released on DVD. I don't know if you knew that, Luigi, but the actual speech, and I'm going to read the whole speech if you don't mind. It's very brief from the doctor. It was referenced to, and it has parts of the Tears in the Rain monologue from Blade Runner. So I, I did my homework. I spent about a half hour reading up on this. Right. So trust me on this. So here is, here's the speech. I walked in universes where the laws of physics were devised by the mind of a madman. I've watched universes freeze and creations burn. I have seen things you wouldn't believe. I have lost things you will never understand. And I know things, secrets that must never be told and knowledge that must never be spoken. Knowledge that will make parasite gods blaze. So come on then, take it, take it all, baby. Have it, you have it all. And here is the specific line Luigi has chosen. I have seen things you wouldn't believe. So Luigi, forgive me for reading the whole section, but it was such a beautiful speech. So Luigi, what does this yeah. line have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Uh, first of all, because it's my favorite movie. So uh, I, I, I know the speech by heart. But second, because um, working in, uh, data, in the data science uh, um, let's say uh, arena, uh, we have the luck, we, we are so lucky to see so many things, so many different, uh, to have so many different experiences, to learn so much, and to have also sometimes also weird experiences, to be honest, because we've seen a lot of things, and, uh, and sometimes things very, very unexpected. So uh, it's a very diverse um, type of work, and uh, it's very fulfilling for that, of course. And uh, yeah, so that's why I connected to, the, uh, to, this, uh, to this statement. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I enjoy doing research on these quotes, Luigi, and all of you, just so you know. It's, it's my pleasure to go out and learn about movies and songs and people I haven't heard of or I'm not familiar with. So thank you very much for that. 
We're going to start the roundtable now. Ankit, I'm going to go to your statement number one. I was so busy talking to Luigi, I didn't have time to put it into the notes here for you. But let me read it, Ankit. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read the statement. It's two sentences. Very interesting. Actually, it's one sentence. Sorry. And, and I'm going to ask Ankit to expand it for about two minutes. Ankit, just pour your heart mm-hmm. into this one. And then I'm going to go around the table and ask each of you, Naman, and then Varin, and then Luigi, to agree or disagree. Now, don't just say, I agree and stop, because we want to know your point of view. So everybody take no more than two minutes maximum, because we want to cover a lot of of topics today. And then if we have time, I'll circle back to you, Ankit. Ankit, if anybody says something that really upsets or intrigues you, just wave your hands wildly at me and Zoom, and I'll come back and ask you to respond to them. But let's go around the table. So here's what Ankit told me. He says, data science is not a new study, but quite an old one. With the explosion of pro- it's two sentences. With the explosion of processing power available to organizations, it has now become feasible to apply the majority of these procedures to big data in order to solve real-world problems. So I'm going to call this our level yeah. setting on the topic. Ankit, talk to me, please. Yeah. So uh, as I said, as you uh, as you just read out, uh, you know, uh, uh, the data science and the tools which we use, like, which is like uh, Ceretics, which is the bedrock of data science, is not a uh, new study. It's it's quite an old study. The only drawback which was there before, which is not not now today, is the availability of the high processing power. So, for example, if you see GPUs, uh, if you see uh, the large processing power which is available, uh, it has been now being possible to use the big data, for example, images, your unstructured data, your social media data, and train those uh, very hard to train uh, deep neural network algorithms to you know, uh, give uh, give some meaningful data insights in seconds, right? right? So, for example, you must have seen there is a powerful deep learning uh, framework called as YOLO, and it has been trained on the James Bond movie, and now it is able to uh, identify the objects uh, in a chi- in a chase scene, for example. So you see the 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 bedrock of data science itself, which is statistics and maths, is quite a old one. It's not new. But due to increase in the processing power, which is now the GPU, the, the, the CPU processing power is increased. The, it has now become more and more cheap. So that's why it has now become feasible to actually use these procedures to do something meaningful in a very cost-effective way, right? So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much. Thank you. Great level set for our topic. Now, Man, you're up next. Agree or disagree, yeah, please? Like, uh, I agree with him 100%. And he has covered most of the aspects regarding GPU. I would also like to point out that there is an increasing innovation at the edge processing uh, level. So when I say edge, it's your mobile devices, it's your small devices, and they are also having so much processing power that they can do equally great amount of processing uh, in terms of deep learning and uh, ML data science stuff. So yes, we are going to have increasingly smart IoT devices coming down in the future. So yeah, that's it's interesting times. Interesting times indeed. Varun Tamba, please join us. Varun, agree or disagree? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely agree. But but in fact, I would like to push it a little further and say it is not just to do with, um, uh, you know, the software or the algorithms, but also to do with hardware. Uh, We might all have 
seen this picture of the IBM hardware of 5 MB being pushed into a massive cargo plane uh, not very long ago, uh, whereas today, you know, terabytes can be fit into the smallest uh, pockets uh, that we can ever imagine. So, so, so with the advent of software and hardware, I think that is something that really goes hand in glove, and uh, and that is really driving, uh, you know, the scenarios that Ankit talked about, the edge processing that Naman talked about, and that is, in fact, I think the reason that we are here also, that Internet of Things uh, very primarily focuses on this edge compute. Uh, and and you know the real uh, innovation that hardware and software uh, evolution is bringing together for us um, as a race in fact thank you very much luigi love to get your pov on this what do you think of course how cannot i agree uh, and uh, it's a very, i want to add as well that um, it's not only about uh, doing new things being able to uh, do things that before were not able but also to give access to different people to more personas uh, the uh, to be able to work on data uh, before this kind of work was really reserved for scientists and for uh, the people uh, closed in the back room as you were saying at the before at the beginning uh, with the mm -hmm. heavy statistics uh, uh, studies and now also not everybody because you still need uh, skills you still need experience but uh, also the business analysts the the citizen data scientists can access to uh, to this type of uh, solutions and to develop uh, based on data uh, data driven solutions thank you very much ankit what a great conversation starter you had to kick off the round table ankit anything you want to say back to your colleagues on the panel i perfectly agree with uh, with, with with you know with, with the views with, with the views and you know again to reiterate yes uh, we all know that you know like uh, people are using python uh, a lot these days people are using r but if you see these language these scripting languages and and these algorithms uh, are not new to the to the world these are since long back you know but now because as varun said the processing power the storage uh, as luigi said the because the adaptability has increased that people you know you can actually uh, make a lot of people to use these type of technologies using dotto ml for example as what naman has said now the edge devices like for example the power which is available on your smartphone is probably more than what used to be in a in, in a computer a few years back so you know the edge processing itself has increased so that has opened definitely a new avenues yep thank you i have to tell you i i go back to the early days of computing i didn't know i was an early woman in tech until somebody told me but i was coding in cobol on a xerox sigma 6 cp5 using key punch with a yeah. box with 2080 column cards if you drop the mm. box god help you okay <laughs> and the computer room was like a warehouse and you'd walk yeah. in and there was magnetic tile tiles on the floor and they had a big it looked like something you'd lay a carpet with the operator would have to pull it up and look at the wires underneath and the computers i'm thinking now I, after that i went to code in pl1 on an ibm 4341 at a data processing center in the state of oregon in the west coast of the united states and the computer room was just massive it was like bells and whistles and the machines had lights and they blinked and there was an operator sitting there all day guarding the machine but when i was working on the xerox machine in order to go to the disk drive 
you had to step up on a step stool. My panelists are nodding. You don't. You weren't even alive then. You had to step up on a step stool, and the disc pack was this big. It was. I'm. I'm guessing from memory. It was at least 18 inches in diameter, and it had a handle on it. And you'd step up on the stool, which was hard for me to do in high heels and a tight skirt. But we won't go there. And I. You had to put it into the disc drive and lock it in, and then the operator would start it up. And we had job control. I still have green bar paper from the days when I was coding in PL1 and forty and on the 4341. And it was just such a great time to be in the computer world. So I remember when a computer was that big. And now we do have Ankit, our phones. Look at the power, the speed, mm-hmm. the connectivity. I'm talking to all of you wirelessly here. You're all over the world. This is, if, if you stop to think about where we've come, how far we've gone with this and the science of data, I'm flipping the term around, the science of data. And it, back in my day, I was called a programmer analyst. That was the title People would, my consultant would call me up and he'd say, draw a line across the top of the page in four columns, put these headers on the top, put these line items on the left side, and now write me a program that will solve this problem. And I would sit down and write thousands of lines of code and enter it in the machine and run the program. And it was just fascinating back in those days. I had to share that all with you so so you would have more respect for me. So <laughs> I'm not just the redhead running the show. I know what I I'm talking stand about. Stand up and salute. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. That kind of respect I don't need. Let's go to Naman. Naman, you sent me the following statement. Let's go around the table on this. You said manufacturing companies are investing heavily in deploying large-scale IoT sensors, Internet of Things sensors, to monitor heavy equipment and significantly reduce the downtime. So let's get to some of the practical uses of IoT, but let's also lift it up to the level of a data science project and where IT fits in. And our ultimate goal on the show is to find out if they're going to be friends at the end of the show, if they're going to talk to each other and work with each other. So, Naman, you're up. Talk to me, please. What do we mean here? Yeah, yes, yes. So, uh like for heavy industries and warehouses etc where there is a lot of automation currently currently if some machine goes down or if some motor goes down then you know the the entire process go, goes into a maintenance loop etc and it's a heavy cost for any organization if their machines go down so now there are a lot of iot sensors uh, which are kind of continuously collecting data from across all these sensors uh, processing them on the edge and sending some of the results to the cloud and that is how the entire ecosystem is evolving so that we would have some kind of a predictions that okay these are the set of systems which could probably go down in maybe a week or a month so that we would have a kind of a precursor situation and we could resolve it before it actually happens so yeah this is what i meant by uh, you know monitoring the heavy equipments uh, in the warehouses, yeah. Thank you very much. Varun, join us. Do you have any case studies you want to share, Varun? No, absolutely. I think uh, today, um, uh, you know, uh, large warehouses are becoming the norm uh, because automation is uh, able to, uh, you know, drive uh, process excellence even, uh, you know, when the scale is going up. And, uh, and and that is something that, uh, you know, a lot of companies uh, uh, and industries around the world 
uh, are are in fact looking at uh, uh, you know investing in and and looking at uh, optimizing their operating costs on uh, so be it uh, uh, you know optimization of forklifts and assets in a, in a heavy inventory kind of a scenario or or are managing things like predictive maintenance uh, of of some of these equipments uh, iot is really powering and uh, empowering uh you know uh this and uh, the 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 cost optimization and process optimization in the industry so so i definitely agree that um you know this is something that uh um uh, is is a, is a huge uh, benefit uh, for large scale logistics uh, and uh, inventory players uh, powered by iot and data in this in this space Thank you, Luigi. Love to get your POV. What do you think? Yeah, no, of course. Uh, nowadays, everybody sees the the value of uh, data, and uh, this is the IoT. Of course, is the beginning of the uh, of the story because you need data to uh, to start working with it, right? And this is not only for manufacturing company; is practically for any industry where uh, expensive assets are uh, used. Uh, I can name, for example, the example that the typical case of a digital twin where you uh, create a digital um, twin a copy of uh, a machine that you want to simulate and you want to uh, understand um, you know you want to understand how it's going how maintenance should be done etc uh, for example uh, um, in the utilities uh, oil and gas industry um, any 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 industry where assets are uh, and expensive assets are central uh, the these kind of investments are going on and they are uh, you know central to their uh, to their cost management thank you very much let's go around to ankit ankit join us on this part of the show what do you think agree or disagree yes uh, yeah absolutely agree so the my uh, predictive maintenance and uh, preventive maintenance for heavy equipments uh, is definitely a very emerging and very important uh, use case uh, you know when we help lot of customers in maybe big train operators some of our airlines uh, big airlines they want to you know uh, do the predictive maintenance uh, procedures for the critical as well as non critical assets and interestingly not only on the predictive maintenance so it can not only predict when the particular asset is going to fail it can also go and it can go one step further it can optimize the maintenance schedule so uh, we have seen a lo- uh, lot of uh, oil refineries uh, wherein you know they Uh, if 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 they have to uh, bring the whole operations down for performing certain maintenance tasks for maintenance activities now two days of downtime is a it is it's a big dollar value for them so even if we are able to optimize the maintenance schedule and reduce the downtime from two days to one day it's going to save them a lot of money so uh, so that is another you know a very interesting application wherein we can uh, extend the predictive maintenance and uh, use the predictive maintenance inside to do optimization so uh, so as i said before it's not a new science but because of increase in processing power and because of new you know uh, there are new and new avenues which are yet to explore thank you very much naman i'm going to bring you up naman any comments you want to make back to your colleagues on the panel yeah i think most of the points have been covered in very great depth uh, and yeah i think i i sincerely feel that we have just scratched the surface here there are a lot of possibilities uh, coming down the line yeah thank you very much good topic thank you very much varantambo we're up to you i'm picking your statement number 1 out of the list you sent i think this is an interesting place to go let me just read a, well actually let me read the whole thing this is good you say there is a petabyte 
scale data generated from various aspects of modern business. Business users, IT and data scientists are three pillars within whom within they enable a triangle of trust in the company. We haven't talked about trust yet, which is fundamental to finding the needle in the haystack that is finding hidden, actionable, business-relevant patterns in the data. That's what it's about. But I love, Varun, in this statement, you talk about business users, IT and data scientists, and, and our topic today is inconceivable. Will they ever be talking to each other, IT and data scientists? But you've expanded that question, Varun, to include the business users. So why don't you talk to me, and I'd love for you to focus on the concept of trust and collaboration on this one. Go ahead, Varun. Got it. So, so yeah. So in this age, in in this day and age of uh, you know a lot of uh, you know data that is getting generated, everybody has had their moment under the sun, right? We have heard data scientists is the sexiest job, sexiest job of this uh, century. We have heard about how important IT is uh, to an industry, and 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 business users are always evergreen because they bring that business contests. But what has always been missing is that you know business gives a request to. IT, IT gives it to the data scientist. Data scientist does their own magic, uh, and all of this happens in silos. And and somewhere when it all goes back to business user, business user sometimes says, "Okay, this is something that you know I don't know how you achieved this because I am not able to make head and tail of this." Right. Uh, so so that is where I think this triangle of trust is very very important. And these three personas are the absolute pillars which enable. this trust because one the data that we are all talking about is the same right i am catching the ear of the elephant you are catching the tail i might be catching the tusk mm-hmm. but ultimately it is the elephant and unless we look at that holistic picture and trust each other and say yes hey man what you are saying is actually a tusk hey what you are saying is actually a ear and okay if it is furry and i don't know how really an elephant uh, tail uh, you know uh, is but <laughs> maybe it is rough and uh, like a fiber so so it is uh, a tail so so ability to trust each other's pattern in the data and ultimately uh, being on the same page uh, uh, you know is is very very uh, fundamental to actually drive a uh, business value uh, to top line or bottom line revenue because you might invest as much as you want in uh, you know data uh, and and so and analytics and solutions like that you might invest in getting the top data scientists but unless everybody is within the circle of trust mm-hmm. business is not able to tell what they need or or what the problem is uh, to uh, data science and it data science doesn't find a problem of this and it doesn't find a way to operationalize this model and give it to business in a much more consumable recreatable and very trustable format uh, uh, you know uh, none of the project is going anywhere and that is where that 13% number boni that you brought up is coming mm-hmm. up from and and this triangle of trust as i would like to call it i think is 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 you no know, is is the is the is the i don't say is the magic pill but i would certainly say it is it's one of the antibiotics at least uh, to help us um, you know get uh, close to uh, you know bridging this gap from 13% towards 100% varan you're very poetic luigi please philosophical and poetic uh, i love it luigi talk to us what do you think varun varun said it all i mean, <laughs> I mean uh, I, I we want one of the topics is why the projects uh, only 13% of the project uh, projects are going live uh, it's because probably the organization um, 
aspect is uh, um, underestimated. Uh, I will not say that those people should, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's better if they collaborate. They must do it because otherwise it's a failure. So everything starts with the data scientist and the business user or the business expert talking to each other. Then it goes to the uh, design, uh, uh, to, the, the, to, the, to the data engineer. Then it goes back to the probably the business user and it happens many times until they find the solution. Mm -hmm. And then when the solution is done, you have to deploy it. It means that all IT needs to be involved to make it to, 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 to embed the solution in some enterprise process. So if it does, this doesn't happen, you still remain in a research and development uh, mode. You never go productive. So it's not even a, a, you know, a, a, a wish, it's a must uh, that all those people should work together. Unfortunately, it's not happening uh, all the time. That's the problem. And not enough. Thank you very much, Ankit. Yeah. Join us, please. Ankit, point of view? Yeah, yeah. So I agree uh, with what uh, Varun has said. So uh, not only that, I believe that there has been a communication gap between the data scientist, IT, and uh, business users. And it is impacting the projects uh, in uh, multiple ways. So one of the way uh, is definitely business users consider data science or applied data science as a magic wand. So they come up with a certain problem. They think that, okay, now this is a problem. Can data science solve it? And they give that problem to the poor data scientist. <laughs> he go and, you know, he he burn the midnight oil and he come up with a basic uh, solution, but that man, that might not be feasible enough, right? So it goes both ways. Uh, they also have to have a basic understanding of what the data science is, what problem that can solve. And can a problem uh, is feasible or not? Can it can it be solved at, or not in the first place? Uh, secondly, as uh, Varun and Luigi has already said, uh, when a practitioner uh, is solving a particular problem, it's very important to have your business users currently working with the practitioner. Why? Because there would be certain uh, special conditions which has to be taken care of. And a practitioner will not know how to handle those conditions. Only a business user will know. Uh, last point is uh, when we go and we come up with certain insights, which maybe a, a applied data science algorithm or a, or a procedure will return, then what is the trustworthiness of this? Why a business user will go and, you know, he will put his business process at stake. So that is how uh, the, the, the data science team, the, the, the statistician uh, have to explain, you know, the methodology of solving the business problem itself in a, in a very simple way. So that business users are on, you know, or, or, or everybody's on the same page so that they understand this is how it's solved and this is how uh, it can help them transform the business processes. Yep. Thank you, Ankit. Naman, join us. Thoughts, please. Got a lot to talk about here. Naman. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would like to expand on what Luigi said uh, that data science projects would just remain kind of an R&D project unless they are deployed. And that is where the IT support would come in very handy. Like they would help us to deploy at large scale, maybe Kubernetes cluster, maybe Dockerized containers, you know, and large data pipelines, because that is when you get a reliability of an entire system. Because uh, like, and another aspect of these entire thing is why most data science projects don't go into production is because they are simply not feasible also. For example, there was a large OTT, you know, company uh, who had uh, who had made one of their competitions in Kaggle, and their winner had produced such an incredible model for recommendation, but the company never used that model because it was simply not feasible. It was so heavy; you cannot use it in real time. 
so these are also some practical challenges which companies see that okay should i even deploy this model is it going to help me you know so these are some uh, questions which needs to be answered every time uh, when you build a model when you deploy a model so yeah that is one place where i can see that it support is really handy without that we cannot uh, go ahead yes thank you varun anything you want to say back to your co-panelists here varun great topic no i think uh, it is glad uh, to see that everybody is on the same page uh, uh, you know and 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 seeing this importance of um, uh, you know uh, bridging this gap between uh, uh, you know all the all the pillars that we talked about um and yeah and i think that is something that uh, going forward will become more and more important while there are focus tools and a lot of focus on um uh, you know um, on 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 it and it centric solutions or or data science and data centric solutions this entire um, you know bigger picture of how we uh, manage all of these things i think that is where uh, the, the it and, and you know the world is heading towards and 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 you know we are also um, uh, you know um, uh, uh, working with some uh, companies and organizations in helping them uh, you know bridge this gap yeah thank you very much very very good topic luigi i'm looking i have several things i'd like to talk to you about luigi but i'm going to go to statement number 1 and 2 and i'm going to combine okay. them because they go right back to the core of what our topic is inconceivable will data science and it ever say yeah we like each other we're going to work together so luigi said in his first statement data scientists and it professionals sometimes have opposite requirements and kpis flexibility versus control i'm going to leave that on the table and i'm going to add number 2 like doctors not all data scientists are the same experience in problem solving and posing the right questions is still paramount paramount for success luigi why don't you expand this for about 2 minutes and we'll go around the table go ahead luigi yes uh, so the um, number one um, we we just say that we have to work together right it doesn't right. mean that we have the same way of working because mm-hmm. you know when the data scientist is in into the explorative way, um, way of working is actually investigating how to find the solution it needs a lot of flexibility it needs to access to data from different systems it need to have a full uh, uh, control on uh, what it does right but this is when it does its exploration uh, type of work when this is done and a model is created the solution and optimization model is uh, defined etc then this needs to be deployed by the it guys now as a um, um, uh naman was uh, saying before this requires a lot of control because now you're in an enterprise environment you need to uh get the, the right data in the right time with all the security that is required giving access to data to the information to the right people not to the wrong people etc etc so uh um, we have opposite uh kpi or, or opposite way of working because one is must be very free and the other one must be a control freak but at the end we have to go together because the solution needs both of us it's like sales people and uh, you know the accounting people uh, they are really different but the company needs both so it's the same uh, it's the same tip say same thing and uh, like doctors uh, not data scientists are the same because you know data scientists is a little bit an abused uh, um uh, term you know uh, being a data scientist what does it mean there are many type of data scientists there are people that are more in uh, in um, 
in uh, uh, in uh, coding, but uh, other people that are more experienced, and for me is where the real data scientist comes into play, are more the, the curious people, the people that tries to understand the problem in the minimum terms and, mm -hmm. and pose the right questions. That's a really, and there you see really the difference. Thank you. I'm just going to add a quick sidebar before Sorry, I go long. around the table with, with what you said. Years ago, I was hired to be something called a systems liaison. And I'll tell you what uh -huh. that was. I worked for a big bank in New York called a correspondent bank. You didn't go in and order a money order. They were behind the scenes, the back office bank for the banks in New York State, the savings bank. So it was called a correspondent bank. In other words, they didn't have a teller. We had a vault. We kept securities. We did back office processing for banks all over the state. Now, they brought me in for two reasons. And this goes to your point, Luigi. Number one, I was a recently former programmer analyst. So I knew mm -hmm. code. I knew how computers worked. And I spoke good, normal English, meaning I could talk to people. And they yeah. said, you're going to go to our office in Manhattan and you're going to talk to the different groups of business people who need things solved. And you're going to figure out what their problem is. Then you're going to come back to the office on Long Island and you're going to talk to the programmers and you're going to sit down with them and you're going to say, this is the problem we need to solve. This is the person or the department or the business unit who needs it. And I was the liaison. And I have a feeling maybe I was a data scientist before the term. At that time, at that time probably they were saying not all the program analysts are, be the, are the same. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. So it, it just brought yeah. exactly. up the idea. See exactly the point, yeah. Yes, I got the point. So let's go around the table. Thank you for, for letting me do that. But yeah. uh, So let's go to Ankit. Let's talk to you. What do you think about what Luigi and or what I said. Ankit? Yes, yes. Uh, actually, absolutely agree with what Luigi said. Uh, it's, it's right. And just to extend his idea, basically, see, uh, the data science itself, uh, as I said, it's based on theoretics. It's not exact science. What IT likes to do is they, they, they like to be able to predict everything 100% from the start yeah, because they not like to be in full control. But that is now how a data science uh, scientist works. Uh, because it's exact science, um, they like to explore, they like to fine-tune their ideas, they like to see what other related problems can be solved, whether the current problem at hand can be solved at all or not. So, you, so you know, as, as, as Luigi has correctly said, uh, basically these two ideas are like conflicting goals and we have to marry these two ideas together because uh, data science itself is not exact science. Uh, secondly, uh, understanding that uh, data science is not a magic wand. It's not, uh, you know, uh, the solution to all the problems in the world is, is very important to know. Asking the right question is very important uh, because if we do not ask right questions, if we do not know uh, what each of the, you know, different uh, business uh, implications are then inside the data, then we cannot go and find a solution to that. So, uh, so knowing the right, answering the, uh, uh, asking the right questions is again a very important thing. Yeah. Thank you very much. Let's go to, let's see, sitting next to Ankit is Naman. Naman, go ahead. What do you yeah. think? So, yeah, I would like to uh, have an interesting quote here. Like we all might have studied about this quote. That is unity is strength. Okay. If you have five sticks or four sticks together, you can't break them. But if a stick is alone, you will break them easily. So that's what I want to point out that uh, if it's just a data scientist working alone, then he's not going to reach anywhere uh, in terms of production. If a production guy is working alone, what is he 
going to deploy i mean if there is nothing to deploy from a data science perspective then uh, you know the product won't have any value so yeah i like to think everything in terms of a product like there are several aspects to a product there is a front end dashboard which uh, business users would like to monitor several aspects of their products right so and there are back end developers who are developing uh, a lot of things as we have already spoken and there are uh, data scientists like us who are building predictive models you know so that is how a entire product is built and everyone needs each other you can't just say that okay data science are going to you know do everything for us so yeah that's how i like to look at it good point thank you varun tamba join us what do you think i think absolutely uh, i i like that point uh, you know about uh, you know data scientists being similar to doctors uh, you know trying to uh, uh, you know um, uh, each each having his own role but again uh, just uh, you know trying to uh, put a little spin to that here uh, uh, rather than saying that uh, uh, you know data scientists are like different doctors i i sort of want to want to take a slightly different opinion and say they're all doctors right maybe they're all heart doctors but maybe an english medicine doctor versus a udu doctor Uh, takes a different uh, way to solve the heart problem so they are all heart doctors at the end of the day but uh, but but it is all about the hypothesis that you want to test i as a english doctor want to test an x hypothesis and while i as a udu magician or a, or a udu doctor or in 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 you know in ayurvedic doctor in india if you have heard that term um, yes. or, or or a homeopathic doctor right so we have various types of doctors so so we are all trying to solve one problem but the hypothesis that we are testing is very different so not necessarily uh, are we trying to say we are all different doctors i mean that is also true some might be uh, you know a deep learning data scientist versus uh, you know somebody who is a data orchestration data scientist but 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 when i am talking about a problem uh, the beauty of data science is that i can solve it in n number of ways and it is left to my imagination as to what i want to state as a hypothesis and how i want to test it and uh, and then go ahead and i think that is really uh, uh, you know the beauty uh, of uh, just like uh, you know go, coming back to julius caesar and he said uh, you know i would rather be first so that that flexibility is something that in today's day and age a data scientist has in an organization very interesting point if you come at it from a different hypothesis a different version of the problem or a different problem completely data scientist 1 data scientist 2 maybe data scientist 3 and you got IT saying yes no yes no yes no interesting if you bring in too many data scientists what do they say too many cooks spoil the broth well we might go back to the kitchen for that one hadn't thought about that very interesting I I can't thank the four of you enough. We're up to the predictions, the crystal ball section, but I want to thank you for all the thought you all put into approaching the topic because we've covered a lot of territory and that's what the listeners want to hear is who what is your point of view and what do you bring to make them think? How do we inspire them to think it it may be differently than they did before they heard the show? So, I'm going to stop pontificating here. Let's go around the table. I now can give you each 60 seconds. I lied. I said 90 seconds. Don't we're 60 seconds prediction either on the topic and I would love to know data science and IT are they going to shake hands and sing kumbaya around the table and share champagne on New Year's Eve? I don't know. You tell me or a sports prediction, no politics. Let's go quickly. Ankit Garg, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I think that uh, from now on, the IT and data science team uh, going to collaborate more closely, and uh, the IT budgets I see now, the IT and data science budgets, uh, IT budgets dedicated to data data science projects, going to definitely increase by at least ten fifteen percent in next uh, you know uh, three to five years. 
<laughs> That's what my prediction is. I like that. <laughs> we like positive. We'll take negative, but we like positive. Naman Bayani, you're next. What's your prediction? Yeah, yeah. So I am following cricket right now. Uh, in, uh, you know, so there's a Premier League going on in India. So yeah, today I think uh, Sunrisers Hyderabad would win against <laughs> Chennai Super Kings. So yeah. That's well, I prediction. told you you had an option for sports, and you took me up on it, Varun Tambo. What do you think? What do you want to predict? You know, I think I would want to predict both. Uh, so, so I, I foresee, in, uh, you know, as a prediction, a sport uh, actually, uh, where just like the Olympics, uh, Olympics, the IT and the uh, data scientists come together to solve some of the most complex uh, problems of our day and age, and 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 that becomes uh, you know a, a league in itself right so 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 that is my prediction for a sports league going forward and i definitely feel uh, just like uh, you know in cricket there's batsman and bowler and in football there is an attacker and a defender and a goalkeeper maybe is a business user <laughs> but i would still want to bring that third pillar but i definitely see this becoming us 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 closely knit as a sports team and us uh, us competitive as a sports league around the world yeah Interesting, Luigi Dirito. What do you predict? What is the crystal ball show for you? Uh, unfortunately, uh, my prediction will be more, uh, uh, you know, serious than Varun. Varun did a very good one. <laughs> uh, no, uh, what I, I'm thinking is that only the the data science topic mm-hmm. will be more and more demystified, which is a good thing on one mm-hmm. side because we we will uh, uh, go out of the uh, crystal ball concept of the data scientist that does magics. We don't do magics. We just apply uh, boring uh, formulas uh, to uh, to data, and this will be more and more uh, uh, democratized and uh, applied by people that understand how it works. And uh, I hope the rate of uh, projects closing will be much much uh, higher. I think we all do. Quick question for all of you: Is there such a thing as a chief data science officer sitting in a C-suite somewhere? Do we? Does anybody have that in the uh, executive level? Is anybody aware of that? A chief DS officer? Ankit, have you ever heard of it? Luigi? Naman? Farhan? Yeah, we do have them. Yeah. yeah, in some organizations, but I think in most organizations, it is somebody called a CDO, which is a chief digital officer, yeah. uh, where all the uh, data uh, and data, in, data science projects kind of rolls up. Yeah. We don't want Dio confused with doctor of osteopathy so or osteopathy. <laughs> so I would suggest that we need to shorten I'm going to predict that eventually IT, right, information, to IT, we used to call it MIS, manufa- Management Information Systems, it's morphed. I'm going to guess one day we'll just be saying DS, data science, data scientist, because data scientist, four syllables. I have one, one minute left to close the show. I cannot tell the four of you how much I appreciate you, the work you put in before the show. You've all come to the table with great engagement and enthusiasm and passion for the topic. And that's what we want. I got a nice note from somebody somewhere in the world who connected with me on LinkedIn yesterday. And he said he's been listening to Internet of Things with Game Changers, one of our longest running shows, and how much he enjoys the engagement and the little bit of entertainment we provide and the conversation. And he told me I was a good host too. So I appreciated that. And of course we connected. So thank you. So let me do my closing here. Uh, Let's all have our hands together for Aaron Keller, my engineer extraordinaire, my sidekick here. Let's have a round of applause for Dana Corder at SAP who put this panel together. Dana, 
Home Run Lady really did a good job. Let's put our hands together for Ira Burke at SAP has been sponsoring the show for seven years. Yay, Ira. And let's all thank all of you. So I'm going to say, here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? My car is getting two months to the gallon. How's yours doing? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Anki Garg at SAP, just like Naman Bayani at Resilience J.O., just like Luigi Rito, D. Rito at SAP, and Varun, I didn't forget you, Varun Tamba at SAP. Everybody say goodbye. Be safe, be smart, be savvy, and wear a mask if you're in a crowd. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. 